intro. Hello, this is The Last Hype Train. Um, you've got me, uh, Adam Carter, and uh, Steph, as always, who's always the uh, co-host of this. Um, but also, we've got a guest today. We have Adam Olenek, um, who's just going to join us to talk about a few games. Um, so, yes, welcome to The Last Hype Train. And we'll go bink. So, say hello, Adam. Hello. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Oh, the crowd's going wild there for you. Oh yeah, so you know you, you're very popular oh. chap. So well, they seem to tied out very quickly. But anyway, we'll go from there. So <laughs> yeah, so as I say, it's um we're back. Actually, it's only been like a, a week since we last recorded, which is unusual for us. So you know, we're normally like what six months. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we're doing quite well, I think. Um, uh, but we we start <laughs> with. Sorry. You guys have been busy. Yes, yeah, we've been moving and stuff. So, but um, we just we last time we recorded was um, before E3 of last year. So it's been a while. So good. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a while. So good. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So oh, well, she's pointing at me. She's got something to say. No, it was after E3. Oh, after E3. I came home from work one time and started drinking wine. Okay. It. Yeah. I suppose. And then it usually is I'm really tired and I don't want to do nothing. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, so we're going to start where we always start, and that's with the news. The only thing that we've, because it's been such a short time, there's not really been much big that's been coming out, aside from the PS5, Unreal 5 tech demo, which was very impressive. Um, I know you haven't watched this, have you, Elenic? Nah, not not yet, but it, it does seem very shiny. Yes, yes, it is very shiny. It's really shiny and the lighting is pretty. Yes. But the water is a bit meh. Yeah, the water's a bit meh, but the the surface <laughs> detail that they're using is very impressive. So it, it's like this is what the you know the PS5 can do, you know, just graphically. Obviously it's a tech demo, so there's no guarantee that that's what it's gonna look like. Uh, you know, you can't get you know, get an Unreal Five and then suddenly every game looks like that. I don't think it's gonna be quite that <laughs> extreme. Then they use that framing technology as well, when it's broke then like Five million, whatever they're called, those triangular shaped things uh, in the bobby polygons. Polygons, yeah, they're the one. Yeah, yes. yeah. they were saying on it that they can just literally drag and drop. Yeah, so you have your files already, like your model files, and then just go boop. Yeah, don't have to worry about the polygons. No, no, th there's no optimization involved, which I think that's probably more impressive for me than the actual, you know, graphics results because. One of the biggest time-consuming things for any developer is taking those high-rendered, you know, ZBrush-created models and then turning them into something that can actually be rendered out efficiently on a game engine. I suppose that's all the overhead, though, isn't it? Like you're describing there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's one of those things that's going to be very interesting because they were saying that um, because of the new the processing power of the PS5 and in compare, you know, as well as being you know, the processing power of the Xbox Series X. I still hate that name. They're going to be able to do, see, every pixel will have a uh, its own triangle. So they'll be able to do one triangle per pixel, which is going to be, you know, makes, you know, very, it makes this reach the point where they can produce enough triangles to meet the pixel count, which is going to be insane for a 4K image. That means you're going to have the, the smallest, minute piece of detail operating completely inde independently if you wished it to. So it's like almost like a, a fabric being woven in a digital way, not to get all yeah, yes. but it's, it's yeah, wow. 
Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's like it's one of those things where they just like that. That it was a very pretty tech demo, but all tech demos are pretty. But as I say, that didn't really it wasn't what impressed me. It was when they started stopped the game and then went into the details of it and showing like the pixel maps and the uh, you know the like they call the the new lighting system Lumen, and just stopping that yeah, in that. real time. And then just moving it around and all the shadows that are created in real time and you know real in great detail is quite really quite impressive. I really can't wait. I really can't. It, the only thing that I'm kind of hesitant about is all this talk about are oh, Sony going to you know bring bring the uh, the price down? And you know they always have historically they've always made a loss, haven't they, on each each console. Yeah, I think the PS4 was one of the, the few ones they didn't make a loss initially. They didn't make any money, they didn't make a loss on it. So it was very good for them financially speaking because they kept the price at 349 and made sure they hit it. So and when they the sold D- that, they didn't lose any money. Well, they're, they're biggest owner, though, is like the store and uh, well, the, the SEN, isn't it? Yeah. Effectively. yeah. So since that's not going anywhere anytime soon, I, I really hope they just keep the same, same model because. Yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. going to be the question. Yeah, exactly. But it, it's one of those things where, like, I, what I want to know more than anything else is, if I get a PS4 game, will I automatically be able to get the PS5 version without having to pay extra? That's the big question yeah. for me, I think. Which me, me, and me and Shal have been talking about that because one of the um, one of the things that, that everyone knows about, you know, the new Xbox is yes, it's, it offers that backwards compatibility. But the thing is, I'm currently building up um, uh, a decent-sized library of PS4 games, and yeah. it's going to be quite a shame if I can't just re-enjoy those on newer hardware, you know, which I can actually install the game onto, and then yeah. reduce those load times and just have it streamlined with, on new kit. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I've got my fingers crossed for that too, dude. Yeah, I mean, because the question is, I think it's a question of whether they'll allow you to play those games, because they we already know that there's different, you know, like graphic settings, so they can switch into a, uh, a mode for the PS4 Pro and the PS4, you know, engine-wise. So they, they, you know, as far as the game's considered, it's running on the same engine. It's just about whether they'll charge people for, you know, upgrading to the PS5 versions. Um, but yeah, as I say, hopefully we'll know some more soon. But they've been very um, quiet. Mm, maybe it's the calm before the storm. Yeah, it always erupts, doesn't it? Yeah. So, so. hopefully we'll know some more in June around that time. Um, but as I say, we. Just don't because they're not really giving any sort of shadowing about when they're going to release it. Um, we're just kind of guessing now. But as a statement of intent, I think the PS5 Unreal 5, oh god, it's a bit of a mouthful, uh, tech demo is a great sort of like, okay, she's pointing at me again. Come on, speak, Steph. Thanks for letting me speak. Um, <laughs> imagine the load times for like Monster Hunter World on the PS5. Exactly. It'd be like non existent. Oh my god, that'd be even worse yeah. for me. I'd be on it, just on it. That would actually be my life. The problem is, you eat a lot in that game. I think I would just shrivel up into a raisin. Of, and yeah, not good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's one of the things I was thinking about when I was playing Monster Hunter World. It's like, I really don't like load times anymore. Not at all. Yeah, they are a little bit on the ridiculous side. Although it does vary. But if you're joining, you know, um, nine times out of ten, this time of day, you, you hop on there, your party's going to be full, full uh, uh, of people across the other side of the world, you know. And it kind of ruins it a little bit because you're you're waiting for the entire party to kind of, you know, get joined up and, and whatnot. And you could be waiting. I mean, sometimes I've waited like, I don't know, like 50 some odd seconds. That doesn't sound like a long time. But when you're sat there looking yeah. at a progress bar, 
Yeah, it just makes up, doesn't it? It's not so much about the 50, because it's, it's not just as though it's one off 50 seconds. So no, no. It's like Distant. you go, okay, I've loaded up. It's 50 seconds, I've loaded. Then you go, okay, I've complete, killed that monster. Then you go back. There's another sort of like 20 seconds or so, you know, maybe about, about 10 seconds, to go back to the Asteria. Then you go to another mission that's another 50 seconds, and it just kind of just increases, multiply. You know, if you think about if you've done 10 missions during the day, that's, you know, 10 times 50 seconds, which is a lot of time to lose yeah. when you're be playing the game. Hell yeah. I mean, like, a good, good example of that is me. I set the default uh, place where you land because, you know, you get that option in, in the uh, game uh, game settings. And I normally enter the, the gathering hub, which is like, you know, the social area, and it's just you're meant to have everything easily accessible to you um, rather than having to go to different vendors and, and stuff. It's just all in one place. So that, that's, that's why I often go there. But when you're playing with someone who's, um, uh, you know, farming material or, or something, you know, and that, that um, vendor isn't in the gathering hub, and when you've got the default set to that and you keep landing there, you think, oh, crap, so now I've got to go to this other area. Exact same sort of thing with the load time. Yeah. So not only do you have to wait to get back to the wrong place, but then you have to <laughs> correct it. And I keep forgetting to change it. So, yeah, <laughs> it's quite annoying. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, that's another thing that's going to be a big um, a big step forward in most like it's definitely in open world girl, games 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 is going to be the fast travel actually being fast. Yeah, that would be pretty pretty sweet. So it's yeah. not it's quite a big. I think the fast travel thing is it's such a massive well massively common thing to have in especially in open world or you know role playing games. Um, so depending on the size of the, the world you're, you're playing in, yeah, it's, it's kind of a necessity anyway, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, think about um, having to travel in, cause, and which is actually relatively okay at this because it's, you know, it does a big load at the beginning and then once it's loaded, it's relatively quick. But thinking about um, if you're going from like Skellig to back into the main hub of um, Witcher, the, those are big load times. But if you did that on uh, Cyberpunk, you're going from different sectors, suddenly, oh. boom, straight away so you can travel from one side of the city on the subway and it's like instant that's the other thing as well it's it's really cool how developers are being creative in terms of the, the fast travel stuff and how that hiding what yeah. would otherwise be a, a plain old loading bar or progress bar it's like like you just said that or you can hop on the subway and it's like that, that, that's really cool that, yeah. i like that yeah yeah it's the the spider-man one on um when you're doing fast travel because I, I don't actually i find that i just travel you know if i have to go from one side of the city to the other i'll just swing there because i enjoy the swinging mechanics but i also enjoy doing the fast travel not because it's quicker but just like seeing the cutscenes, like when the one that i saw last time when steph was playing when you see spider-man talking to a guy dressed in the spider-man costume who does like you know that the you know new york's photo thing and they're just having this chat on, yeah. the, on the train and it just it's just like that's such a nice little poignant thing to have there <laughs> All I've got in my head at the minute is um, the thing that he keeps trying to sing to himself, Spider Cop. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I've not actually, um, I've not actually sat there and played that game, but I've watched Shell play it, and it looks amazing. I mean, like it's just really cool to actually just sit and watch as well. Yeah. Never mind you know get get involved with the damn thing yeah it's, yeah it's, it's just it's really cool like it's one of the few games where there's proper you know feeling of resolution when you fight the bo- uh, bad guy at the end it's not like an anti-climax it's a proper climax of a story which is really impressive and considering they don't really do you know they've only done one other open world game insomniac uh it's the a- xbox exclusive one i can't remember what it's called uh, no i can't either but it, it didn't it's really do that well so <laughs> that's probably why we can't uh, <laughs> Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to see what they do next. 
Well, yeah, and then they've got what seems to be a really good formula. Um, mm-hmm. let's, let's hope they keep true to it because, yeah, it's a really enjoyable game. And I've not even, I've not even played it. I've just spectated. So. Yeah, it's just all, all their studios at the moment. I'm really intrigued about what they're going to do next. Um, because it, the, you know, the games that they produce on the current systems, like the next generation of Horizon Zero Dawn, what dinosaurs are they going to be able to put that on? You'd be able to climb. I'm guessing they're probably going to have sort of like a bit where you can actually hunt the dinosaurs and you're climbing on the dinosaurs to hunt them when they've got like these massive ones. Megasauruses. Mm-hmm. Or Triceratopses. Oh, it's all about the tribe. I love yeah. Triceratops. <laughs> I have a bunch of them in my um, Jurassic Park. Oh, you know, I really wanted to um, uh, get that game just for the sheer fact that you can kind of create an army of dinos and then just yeah, unleash them. That's <laughs> awesome. So, like, because it's actually Jeff Goldblum doing the voice of Ian Malcolm again. And then they've oh, got no like, way. Uh, DLC, which is like, if you go back to 1993, I think, was when it was set. So, like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, basically, obviously, they can't resurrect uh, Richard Attenborough. Um, so, they got someone else to do his voice but they've got like uh the lady who did ellie what's her face i I knew her name the other day um and dr alan grant and stuff like that and they're all doing the voices but also they're setting up resetting up jurassic park like like a do-over before everything goes to shit it's really fun um and then you can like breed the dinosaurs well not breed them but you like mess with their like genetics yeah you can genetically manipulate them so you could have like uh a velociraptor but they've got alpine colors for some reason but they look really cool and then i name them <laughs> and then um i have a load of uh dilophosauruses Dil- you know the fan ones yeah des is yeah got a bunch of them <laughs> they don't like the velociraptors very much because they get murdered by them but they keep picking on them so it's like why why do you keep doing this so i had to separate them you'd think they'd be able to like, coexist but they don't they're like the bullies on the playground yeah. pretty much they, they keep starting fights with other dinosaurs but then they get crushed because they're little <laughs> so you're like please leave my my dinosaurs alone like, no i just want to go and play with them i was like no mate you can't you'll get killed and then i have to clean up hope i get my money back i know this sounds this sounds like something i need to uh i need to have in my life um i would definitely recommend it. getting it when it's on sale yeah because with all the dlc it's... it gets a bit expensive it's like ah, not yet. yeah but it's just like because it's you gotta get all the dinosaurs like, oh, bloody dinosaurs. Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. yeah pretty much and then you can get like the, you know the one that's in the newer one one that's like part velociraptor part t-rex all uh, shit. yeah yeah i kind of didn't take too too many notes on that if you know what i mean yeah um but yeah so i know i know i know which one you're on about yeah and you can also like breed that one and then you've, oh. got, and you've got like Wu, the bd wong's character yeah He's yeah yeah Wu again really great <laughs> That seems pretty cool. I, like, I like the fact It is still treat. like creepy evil scientist kind of dude in it, which is pretty great. It sounds like a really, really cool game. Like, like you said, I'll probably take your advice on, on just waiting for a, a sale and, uh, and having a punt. Yeah, it's, but, it's, um, it's always on whenever they have uh, the like non, like, you know, the generic sales that they have, like spring sales, summer sales and stuff like that. It's always on those sales, along with Elite Dangerous as well from uh, Frontier Development. Mm, okay, I'll have to keep me uh, keep myself posted. I think in that case. Huh? So um, I think that's it for news, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything else that's there's nothing really caught my eye since um, we last recorded. Oh, there was one thing that um, caught my eye because obviously it's cyberpunk related. 
So, uh, Cyberpunk Studio, uh, CD Projekt Red, have shown off one of their other cars on the um, from the game, and they've released it. I showed you what it's like in in not homage or in reference to the five fifth year anniversary of Mad Max uh, Fury Road. Okay. So it's one of the other cars in the game, which they've turned into a you know a Mad Max style uh, one. So it's kind of like the it's a game that they refer to nomads, who are the people who drive around a lot, and you know, and it's it's a car that's used a lot in the Badlands, which is one of the areas of the game that you can only drive to. You can't get anywhere else uh, to it. So it's quite cool that they've show, shown some more stuff up. But it's the second no second of June no twelfth of June. They have a stream going up um, to show you more about the game. Ooh, have to put that on the calendar. Yeah, so it's 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 part of the um, online games festival thing that uh, Jeff Keeley is, you know, leading. Um, so, and the the video for the PS5 Unreal Five demo that was also shown off by um, Epic, yeah, Epic as part of the the, the things for that um, festival thing, and it's like going on for over a month, so it's like from June July time. You right there, Steph? Yeah, sorry, but out of me. Oh yeah, surprised you did it. Yeah. yeah. So I think, as I say, that's, I think that's it for news. So now we move on to games we've played. So, um, so Ad, you want to? Yum. You you were talking about a game called Yes. Yes. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's meant to be. It's almost like you're saying the word in, but you know, the, phonetically, the first bit of that, the e. But I don't know if you pronounce the s. Whatever it's spelled Y-S anyway. Um, yeah, so like I've I only recently got into the series, and I've started with um, number eight. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> yeah, so it's so, called Yeast Eight Lacrimosa of Dana. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so it's a J- JRPG. Um, it looks absolutely stunning. It, the, the, the artwork in it is amazing. Um, the, the music is really cool. It's not as repetitive as you might think. But to give you a little bit of background on it, um, you're on um, you're on this sort of massive um, uh, equivalent to the Titanic. You know this voyage. Yeah. And uh, um, so something like a, a kraken, like a giant squid, uh, takes the whole thing down, and um, you then get washed up ashore uh, on this this island where it's inhabited by these like giant nasties. Um, and what you end up having to do is create this uh, little by little, create this small village, and you also have to find these um, other castaways that were on the same bridge, um, and c- constantly build the the village up by finding. You know, you're kind of grinding for your materials and whatnot. You'd really expect that in an RPG, anyway. But yeah, yeah. Um, and the combat in it is phenomenal. You've got different. Um, uh, uh, different adventuring equipment. Um, all these menus and items are so easily accessible. They're right there at your fingertips as well. Like, it is absolutely amazing. And I think the best thing about it is, even outside with number eight, all the stories are kind of, um, they don't really blend into one another. Um, so you, you can pick any one of these up and just get right into it. Like I'm loving this so much that I'm probably going to <laughs> Probably going to pre-order the one that's um, coming out in July, and I also get seven as well because they really are that good. Um, mm. Yeah, highly recommend it. Can't say enough about it. Yeah, I, I was just looking at the uh, Wikipedia page for it, and the first game came came out in 1987. Yeah, yeah, they've been around for a while. Um, I think the first, I think the first four maybe uh, kind of style the same. It might be even the first that's five. 
they kind of have that, you know, that Zelda look about them, or you know, the original um, uh, Secret of Mana, yeah, sort of look about them. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that still doesn't take anything away from the actual the actual game itself. It, it, they're just amazing. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I was just looking at the thing you were saying. It's the second biggest, uh, second largest uh, Eastern role-playing game franchise after Final Fantasy. So yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty big. It's just it, it's not something you've really heard about in the in you know the West. Um, no, that kind of kind of sucks, really. I mean, like unless you're going to like um, uh, like play Asia, uh, you know those, those sort of outlets, um, you don't really you don't really get too much of it. The, the only thing that is a massive saving grace is those games that do eventually come over here. It, they're in English. So <laughs> you don't have to kind of take a crash course on yeah. another language and get into it. Yeah. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot of reading um, in this. In the, uh, I suppose you can probably get away with it to some degree, but you'll miss out on a whole ton of the story. So yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely worth waiting until they do come over in in the native tongue. <laughs> yeah, I did. I don't remember spending uh, not as like a ton of time, but when I was trying to figure out some puzzles in Yakuza and people complaining about the translation not being the same as the version that they figured it out to be so they translated themselves but weren't, weren't sure about the actual you know words that using to it or actually that word could mean something else and it was like it was just quite interesting the actual difference in translations that, that could possibly be an issue with um, a game such as, such as that oh yeah I, I've, I've seen I've seen examples of uh, some of the, the shocking uh, tran- translations because not as you know not everything translates hundred no, percent. No, no. um, so when it's taken from the, the literal meaning or word or you know meaning of word, yeah, it, it doesn't doesn't really work too well. <laughs> yeah, it's one one of the ones I always remember, and I don't quite know why I remember it, it was from um, when a Cantonese movie from Hong Kong was uh, translated into English, and the subtitle read "Suck the coffin mushroom now." <laughs> And you think, hmm, I, that, that feels as though that's a literal translation. I don't want to suck the coffin mushroom. <laughs> suck it. No. That kind of shit. I want that on a t-shirt. The coffin mushroom now. I'd be surprised if he couldn't. It was on one of the you know websites that was going on about that sort of stuff, so I'd be very surprised. Sold. <laughs> Steph, Steph's doing some research to see whether we can uh, we can get that one. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so, is that all you want to talk about? Uh, you saw? Is anything else you want to add about it? Man, I've, that that's pretty much where but between Monster Hunter World and uh, East or East, um, it's pretty much where all my my gaming areas are, are going at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to talk about Monster Hunter World? Sure, why not? It's yeah. um, <laughs> it's, it's Monster Hunters Anonymous. <laughs> To give you some idea of my my Monster Hunter woes, like I probably I've probably been on it uh, for like nine hours longer, I think uh, maybe ten hours, and I've only literally only just got one freaking jewel that I needed. <laughs> wow, what the hell, you know? Yeah, that's just one session as well, and I've been trying to get this thing for about I don't know, like a week and a bit or something, some something ridiculous. You know, um, what's happened to my life, man? 
seriously. Well, I, I just wonder the thing is, is that I can understand you spending a lot of time, but if you're enjoying it, I don't think there's any issue with spending time doing it. Moderation may be worthwhile, but I don't see any you know regrets in doing that. The amount of time I spent playing Stellaris, I you know dread to think, but I don't regret it much. Oh no, nothing, <laughs> nothing to regret. That's for sure. But oh yeah, I mean you can tell how long you've been playing it when you've had your legs in the same position on the sofa, an awkward position, mind, and then you try to get a coffee and almost fall flat on your face. Um, but it, it, it is very, very addicting, though, the, the gameplay. It, it can be highly frustrating, but... Yes, I, I empathise with you there. Oh, man. <laughs> just that that um the the Witcher ad, down DLC quest for it that oh that was so annoying yeah yeah I've still not uh, I've still not finished that for that reason um I haven't got patience <laughs> and given that I'm someone that's just come off the end of a nine or ten hour stint with the damn thing to get a jewel um yeah that that should give your listeners some idea hey 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 bad that yeah. oh sorry how agonizingly annoying that yeah. quest is yeah so. i mean i find at least with other quests at least that they change how once the changes how they attack <laughs> that one it's just the same attacks all the time so there's no variation and it's just like i don't know if i'm doing better am i doing worse am i getting anywhere you just have no idea that's how they play it man keeping it loose they keep you guessing you know <laughs> Yeah, um, so we did discuss Monster Hunter World uh, last time. Um, so it's one of those, it's probably a better deal of just people who haven't re- aren't really aware of it. It's it's another one of those uh, Jap- very Japanese games. Um, they've been on the DS and those kind of consoles, the handheld consoles for a good while. Um, and this is the first like home console version they've done for some reason. But it, it is a huge game. It is huge. I mean, the amount like it's like sold over ten million copies. So it's a, it's a big game. Right, that ad. Oh, sorry, I was I was getting stared out by the cat. Oh, okay, I just yeah, yeah sorry. That's I, right. I think it, that that cat does have some sort of um, hypnotic power over mm-hmm. me sometimes. Yeah, I can understand that. I feel the same <laughs> way about furs and a frightened eyes. You just can't stop looking, but you shouldn't look, and it's like Ugh. then she runs away again. Oh my god, he's staring at me. So. <laughs> Yeah, it just worries me, like, what is actually going through their mind, yeah. you know. I, I don't even want to try and guess because I might just actually scare myself into yeah. some horrible, horrible place and end up in the corner, rocking vigorously whilst crying. And, yeah. well, then we go full circle back to that damn quest, don't we? So, yes. yeah, it's just a horrible place to be. Don't let your cat hypnotise you. Don't go on that freaking quest. Yeah. Job done. I always want to know what Perrin's doing when he just he spends minutes staring at doors, just, like, sitting in front of a door, just staring at it. And, you know, what, what can you see? <laughs> or what is it? <laughs> yeah we, we have that as well like so, sometimes i can understand it if you've got like a little bug or something it's worked its way in, in your head. Like, yeah they're gonna try and hunt that that's fine i can get that but yeah like you say when they're just stared up into the corner of a room and there's nothing there um yeah that ghosts. cold shiver moment <laughs> ghosts can't see ghosts all the time yeah. Oh no, I get freaked out. I get freaked out so much by that. You know, Guardians of the Underworld and all that. Mm. Right. See, I'm just scared again. Sorry. <laughs> well, I'll give you a hug, but you know, social distancing at the moment. <laughs> Hang on. Are you- Hold your arms open, man. Hang on. There you go. I got my arms open. You ready? I'm, I'm approaching. Okay. Two steps is the maximum. So, yeah, I'm taking mm-hmm. my first step. Can we do that? Yep. Pat, 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 ah, thanks, pat, man. Pat, I feel pat, much pat, better. Pat. Thanks. <laughs> You're enjoying that, Steph? Yes. Cool. <laughs> right. So, um, Steph, do you want to talk about the games you've been playing? Yes. Okay. And any specific game you want to talk about first? Mm, 
I was playing Two Point Hospital like yesterday. Um, oh, I played that. It's fun. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a really good game. I'll shut up now. <laughs> it's really, really good. It's like, I think because it's, I like playing Theme Hospital and obviously it's the same people, but they don't own the rights to Theme Hospital no more. And then they had Twin Peaks all stuck in their head and that's all they could think of and that's why it's called Two Point Hospital. It genuinely is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I like the light bulb headness. And, and, but I don't like the fact they die and then turn into ghosts, but you can't get rid of the ghost until you trained up your, your um, janitors to bust the ghost. And then once they've done that, they tell you what the ghost's name was. Then you get points. That does sound weird. Oh, playing that yesterday. Was it yesterday? Um, all the dirt, they does, all the does blur together. Yeah, no. It is one of those things where it just kind of, you know, you didn't realise it was Sunday till I told you today. No. <laughs> Don't worry, Steph. I'm having one of those days as well. <laughs> and earlier I was playing Factorio, which is fun. But you basically have been let, basically put on a planet and you have to get mined for materials and, and build like a factory so you can leave the planet. But when you're doing that, you're creating pollution, which irritates the bugs and the bugs attack you. And when you kill the bugs and all this pollution and stuff, it, it causes them to mutate and get more stronger. And then they come and get you more. But you're like, I need to leave the planet, but I need to make this giant factory destroy your planet so I can leave. Basically, like capitalism. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got a button for that. Yeah. <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh dear. But yeah, that's I'm scared right. again. <laughs> Sorry. Um about uh that better? That sounds like they're cheering for he's scared. Yeah. Uh, it it kind of makes me feel a little bit more um a little bit more at ease, so thank I you. Know, I know we can go back in time to when you were less scared. There we go. <laughs> <that>? Ideal. Yeah. <laughs> All these special effects, buttons to press and everything. It's awesome. I'm not allowed to press but, the buttons. Oh, yeah. buttons are a magical thing. Especially the ones that flash red. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the uh, intro thing? music. <laughs> that's I can actually cool. change the colour of them if I wanted to. Oh, crap. You know what? Mm-hmm. There is there is one more thing as well, Seth, um, in terms of games. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot. Um, it's a game on the Switch from... Um, uh, super rare games. Oh, yeah. Um, it's called uh, Dark Side Detective. Oh, sorry, Dark Side Detective. So, um, sounds like it's something to detecting crime in Star Wars. Yeah, it kind of. It's it's really strange. It's like the humor in it is amazing. It, it's a point and click game. Um, which I, I'm a kind I'm kind of a sucker for those. I love those sort of games because they're relaxed and you've just got a few puzzles to solve and. Mm-hmm. Often these puzzles are resolved with a lot of humour. Mm-hmm. Um, and rather than it just being, um, they've, they've tried to emulate like a you know classic Monkey Island sort of thing, you know, with that um, that, that sort of eight bit, sixteen bit, somewhere in between sort of feel, you know. And it's it's just phenomenal. I absolutely love this game. Um, I totally thought. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot about it. I haven't played it in a few days because, you know, there's other titles making my time up. But yeah, yeah, again, another one I'd highly, highly, highly recommend playing. You can take your time with it, pick it up, put it down, and yeah, like I say, it's just funny. It's a great game. Mm, I do like a good point-and-click adventure game. It's published oh, by Spooky Doorway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you watching see? I've just yeah. Googled it and it's called Spooky Doorway. Are you, are you guys uh, fans of Twin Peaks? as well i like it yeah it's it's, so, it's i enjoy it but it's just comes down to be a bit hard to sort of pass at times there's a lot of references to twin peaks in, in this game so like um do you know what i mean by uh if i start going on about the you know like coffee and a slice of pie mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so there's so the detective in that you know that that's his thing and there's some things that are kind of it, it does play on a lot of um 
you know that that sort of genre of, of movie. Um, but the the, yeah, the humor though, it just it really does carry it forward. It's amazing. Each case that you get as well is unique. It, it, um, they're not regurgitating anything. So rather than it just being one big game, it's split up into different cases and you just keep going until the case is solved. Um, I think there's, without DLC, um, I don't actually know. I think there's like 12, maybe, maybe 12 cases, um, probably more. I don't know. Um, but they don't take too long either. So, um, yeah, you definitely uh, definitely get a lot of bang for your buck with that, that game. It's and Plus, it looks amazing, though. So. Got a nice uh, 8-bit sort of style, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They've, they've really done a great job with that. Um, when when I first saw the title, I was like, mm, a little bit hesitant. And then I read a little bit more about what it's about. And yeah, I, I was told straight away, you know, um, again, more so for the, the, the actual humorous content. And it being such akin to, to Monkey Island because, wow, I, I lost a few hours uh, during my childhood playing that game. So, yeah, yeah a bit of a soldier. Did you, did you beat the sword, Master? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, when I first, you know, sort of figured out how to beat the sword, Master, it was a case of, like, you know, you go and find all the answers, like, you know, the comebacks, and then you have to mm. use your own, like, what do I think is funny in reply to this? Then press that. Oh, it yeah. worked. That was my yeah. favorite thing about that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, to, to keep those guys are keeping the humor going forward as well because they, um, oh, which which one was it? I can't remember if it was Monkey Island one or two, but they make reference to you have to talk to a tree stump in the middle of the forest, and you know exactly as bizarre as that seems straight away. Um, but then it, it offers you the uh, chance to go to like this super magical hidden place of wonderment and um, or something along those lines. And to do it, you have to load disc twenty two. Um, yeah. So that game was not that big. We've been on, you know, 22 discs. Yeah. We're talking flops, you know. Oh, yeah, back uh, in the day. You're back in there. And uh, what they've done recently is they released this other game as part of a collector's edition. And inside the collector's edition, you get disc 22. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Uh, I like that. They really just keep that humor alive. And I, I think that's what I like most about those sort of games. You know, they don't take themselves too seriously. And um, yeah, but they just offer you fair, fair number of hours of entertainment right um any other games you want to talk about Steph? no okay oh, so, wait, I played Pokemon the other day. okay would you like to talk about it more it was fun i caught a big pikachu one of the special ones rather than just original but i caught like three of them and then i kept surprise trading them with people and i got a litten and it was called um because it was it wasn't it wasn't like in english so it was like from can't remember where it was from but it was like a fire cat it basically translated to really funny I renamed it Clive. And I'm like, I don't think I renamed it Clive, but I want to rename it Clive. We're not going to stop you. Okay, thanks. Let me name him Clive. Pretty cute. Right. Uh, so uh, last of all, I'm going to talk about what I've been playing. And the main game I've been playing this week is uh, Age of Wonder Planetfall uh, from Triumph Studios, which is a Dutch company. Um, and published by Paradox uh, Interactive. Cool. Who also do Stellaris. Do lots of Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, but it's it's kind of an interesting game because it's, um, when I was reading reviews of it, people described it as Civilization meets XCOM. Cool. Civilization meets XCOM. That sounds like an interesting combo. Yes, it does sound like an, um, an interesting combo. Unfortunately, it, it sort of sets, um, it gives it the implication that the, you know, this, it implies content 
this game cannot manage. Um, so I think it's a bit unfair because it's actually not a bad game. It's just if you think, oh, XCOM and Civilization together, that's going to be brilliant. It doesn't work out quite that way because the the, t uh, the tactical combat in it isn't as good as XCOM uh, and the strategy side isn't quite there compared to uh, Civilization. Um, so, you know, it, it's one of the things, that it, it, it's, it still has that same next turn thing because I remember playing um, early this week, playing it and going, oh, I need to go to bed. I'll just do another turn and then it's two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so yeah. it still has a certain something to it, but it, it's not quite there. So it, you've got like, um, so it's called Planetfall because at the beginning of the story, you literally are falling to the planet and setting up your first you know, colony, as they call it. Uh, and then it's a case of exploring out. You get heroes who can then upgrade and you can upgrade their abilities and they can do missions and things like that. Um, and then you've also got... Um, uh, units you can use and in combat it then switches to a sort of hex-based tactical system um which that's probably the most common thing to you know civilization but it it's a bit weird in the fact that it, it it's not really it doesn't give you as much choice in how you deal with things as uh, XCOM does um and i think probably the, the, the bit that really sort of makes it find jarring is it's not that their computers are bad per se but they don't have mum's calling sorry mum's just calling and we're back <laughs> sorry my mum's calling don't forget to call about. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, the, the thing I find... What was that? Jarring? Jarring. I think that's what you said last. I was looking at these tiny, tiny crocheted kittens. Very so. nice. Very <laughs> nice. Um, I was getting hypnotised by a cat again. Yeah, okay. Again, yeah. No, the cat, it's, it's they do cat that. cat-based kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah I can understand that. Well, anyway. Text-based stuff. Jarring. Yeah. I think that's where you were. Yeah, it's, it's just that um, the strategy... Ah, the, the thing about the the computer's characters is they don't feel like they've got character to themselves. Because one thing I love about XCOM is all the all the enemies that you fight, they have a, their own particular priorities. So they'll go, like, if you're fighting, like, a Berserker, for instance, it'll, you know that that's going to close distance to you. You know what that's going to do within its sort of limit. You know that you're... She. Or she, sorry. Um, I think the Berserker's a female. Yeah. Um, but you know, like, mutons, they're going to sort of... How they're going to sort of move um you know with the chrysalids that that you know what they want to close up to attack you and then turn your corpse into another chrysalid so you know how they're going to be handled they have their own characters but when you're doing the tactical combat in planetfall it seems that the the character that the, the enemies are playing they're not doing a particular tactical style they're just maximizing damage so it's whatever the computer can do to maximize damage that's it it doesn't do anything else it doesn't doesn't have like a particular play style that goes oh i want to you know scout around the outside or use you know shooting a pincer or anything like that it just goes what is the systematic most ways i can do damage to the opponent and that's it no sexy bradford no sexy bradford Damn. so it's to be fair the 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 tactical combat is actually probably the least interesting bit to it it has certain moments when it's kind of interesting but you never feel as though you can you know take a really bad or not even like one unit and do tactical wonders to then get them to survive and win the battle you know that if you have less units than the people you're fighting with you're going to lose it's just purely numbers still sounds it, it, it still sounds like um there's a lot of freedom in there though i mean like it, from what you're saying but like, you kind of know what to expect when you're going into a fight which is good yeah it, means it gives you the ability to plan for it and i bet there's a, a fair few different ways that you can actually do that with whatever you've got on hand or I, i'm assuming there's a upgrade path 
and, and stuff yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, so, so there's quite a few, um, I suppose there's quite a few different elements to the game that you could spend umpteen hours customising to be able to, you know, achieve the same, the same goal. But I'm also guessing that there's quite an array of different types of those enemies as well. So Yeah, I, I think that's what I need to do more than else because at the moment I'm playing with the Vanguards, which are the sort of like most humanist characters, you know, like your standard sci-fi space marine type thing. Um, okay. Um, but there's a few others, like they've got the Amazons, which are genetically engineered. Um, you know, people who then you know behave like the Am- you know the mythical Amazons did, all female and things like that. Um, One boob. Uh, I don't know. I think they've got two boobs. <laughs> well, then they're clearly not them. Yeah. But there's also like a, a cybernetic collective who, who rebuild the you know the the people who die on the battlefield. They'll rebuild, um, which is quite interesting. And there's um, like the your typical sort of you know devouring swarm type things and you know they've all got their own little things but i think i need to try some of the different you know uh, species right factions factions that's the word factions um just to get a better idea because i think at the moment it's because i'm just playing kind of like your generic human space people and i think that's probably a bit why i'm finding it a bit boring at gameplay wise but it's not to say it's completely boring it's just i find myself sometimes a bit bored by it but there's certain aspects when you get like the actual story side i think it's actually quite interesting so does so is it like akin to most sort of role-playing games where there's that element of grinding to just get what you need to kind of push on yeah it, it, it's kind of like it doesn't which i say grinding per se because it doesn't quite you know it's not a case of building up xp but it's a kind of uh, you have to get certain resources to then upgrade your bases which then allow you to produce newer units um, oh, okay and when you get to the newer units that's when things start getting but at the moment i'm still not quite sure about how the difficulty plays out because i'm finding that as i'm upgrading they are the people i'm fighting are always like a step above me which, is, which makes it a bit because you know that if you go to them with the same amount of you know people more likely you're going to lose so it's kind of yeah. like, well i need to make sure that i have every time i fight somebody i have to have two armies versus their one army um yeah so, so logistics is a bit of a you know something you have to sort of keep your eye on um so it, it's 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 there was something i wanted to say that i thought was actually intriguing oh yeah it's the the thing that i do find interesting about the upgrading of the units is it's done by you get like three mod stop slots on each character and infantry and you know whichever unit and you can add extra weapons and things so you can give certain units electrically charged bullets you can get others like for shets are good for against you know uh, biological targets um and you can always upgrade them so you can upgrade each character on unit individually you don't have to just go and then send them back to the base to then upgrade them and stuff it's just you know pay the resources and then upgrade which is quite nice hmm, that's pretty cool yeah is this a five pause there a five sort of game or is it something you would uh, say yeah wait until it's in sale yeah i definitely say it's, it's definitely on sale it's a game that i wouldn't well to be fair most games i don't recommend being full price for but um i'd say that yeah. if, if you like your sort of you know civilization type games and you want to do something a little bit different uh, if it's on sale and you know it, you, it's not too expensive, I'd say go for it. You, you're gonna it, it's it does have uh, a lot of content even without the DLC. It has a lot of content, which is quite well, quite cool. Yeah, I think often as well. I think it's a a, a term of um, how. I often sometimes think that if the developer's being very generous with, with the content, then it's going to make you engage with that mm-hmm. those games even more because you know you're going to get you're going to get a good amount of gameplay out of just a single title. 
and you're not having to, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about titles that you don't have to pay a monthly subscription to play. Yeah. You know, you know, you, you, you're getting a generous helping of entertainment and yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I always find that it's more role playing games and open world games that you always get that with. And yeah, I think that's why I always end up running to those as well. Yeah. So what I will say is uh, what I find I enjoy most when playing uh, Planetfall is not sitting down for hours on end. It's just playing it for like half an hour to an hour bursts. That I find really enjoyable because it's just like the, the challenges are just kind of nice, simple challenges that you're not really concerned about the sort of long-term things, just small little challenges. And then you put it you know, put it to one side and then you pick it up like, you know, another day. And it's like little bursts of mining that really, really quite nice to do. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't agree more, mate. Right. Um, Steph, you got anything else you want to talk about? No. No? Um, okay. Uh, Ad, you it's really, really warm, sorry. Well, you did turn the heat on. Yeah. No, 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 they're not. So now, now you're too hot, aren't you? I'm too warm. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so, have you got anything you want to talk about, Elsa? Anything sidetrack? Add. How how does food become poo? Um. I think that's quite an in-depth question because you have to talk I about think, the I breaking the down body, of the enzymes and proteins. I think the body makes it go all smushy in your tummy, and then because yeah. every you know how like you get all the colours and then you mix all the colours and they go that brown colour, which kind of looks like Wow, man, no way! Mm. I've learned something today. So I think that's I what happens, and then and then your body goes, yeah, I don't like this colour, and poops it out. <laughs> So, also, Ad, we have a, a challenge for you. Oh, no. Okay, so Steph's going to read out uh, the back of a DVD, and okay. you need to, from the you know the blurb on the back, you need to work out what that DVD is. Okay. So, go ahead, Steph. When a group of tourists on a New Orleans haunted swamp tour find themselves stranded in the wilderness, their evening of fun and spooks turns into a horrific nightmare. As they, attempt, as they attempt to find their way out of the swamp, they come across the Crowley House, the former house of Victor Crowley, a hideously deformed killer. Wait, oh no, he was a boy, and then he was killed in Trezic Sand. Oh, he was he was just gross looking and then he was killed because he was gross looking. And then and then he becomes like a legend who um kills people because that's what happens. That's why um Jason Voorhees got became a killer because he was gross looking mm-hmm. and they drowned him. It's yeah. Kevin Bacon, he drowned him. And and then it's got like some people, um, like an amazing cast with some of horror's best known actors like Robert England and Tony Todd and Kane Hodder. It makes his hostels atrocities look like Grey's Knee and Chinese burns. I think it's because it's like old school. I wouldn't say special it make, effects. Say it makes the hostels things like uh, you know gross. I thought it'd be more of a comedy type thing. It's more like classic American slasher horror movie. Mm-hmm. Victor Crowley. Yeah, there was like oh. three of them. Mm, I don't know what. It's really, really good. It was um, the guy who directed it. I think was encouraged to keep directing it because he really enjoyed making it by uh, George A. Romero. Hatchet part yes. of it as well. That's that's what it is. Yeah, you won. Oh. <laughs> hey. Wait, wait, Thank you. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, just because like, Steph was reading the um, DVD uh, back, the back of DVD boxes during the last podcast, so I thought we'd see if we got a guest, we could do um, a challenge. Guess what Steph's reading, <laughs> but then she starts making up as she goes because yeah, yeah, yeah. she <laughs> adds her own spin to it for some reason. <laughs>
my God, you, you've got the wrong person on here for that, I tell you. Shell was on here. She's, my God, seriously. Almost all of what I know about a movie or film is, is from Shell. Like, she... Her mental library of movies is just insane. <laughs> Luckily, it was one of my DVDs and not Adam's, which be some sort of kung fu one. So, <laughs> not all kung fu movies. They're not all, but they mostly are. One of them is Akira. That's true. Ah, oh, I, I really. Shell doesn't rate that so much. I think it's a. I think it's amazing. I think because we saw it. Well, originally we watched it on the DVD, but then yep. it was on at the Electric Cinema years ago. Oh, okay. And then we saw yeah. it on the cinema, and it was just amazing with the sound and yeah. being on a big screen. It's like a. I, I, it's I like, get that. Then I got it on Blu-ray, and then we watched it on our TV, and the blacks were really, really black, and mm-hmm. the colours were really pretty. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, you need you need that contrast for it to you know like the the, the pixels start to turn off to make make that colour sort of pop, mm-hmm. you know. And, it, and 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 the, the art, um, the animation on on Akira is beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it really so, is. Akira is possibly my favourite manga. I've got the whole set, so it didn't wow. take me a while to get there. But um, yeah, it's the only thing that upsets me is because I've got the first five are done by uh, Dark Horse. Is it Dark no, Horse. It's one, two, three, four, six. All done by Dark Horse. Yeah. Five's not. Yeah, five's done by Kudanza, who got the, the distribution, international distribution rights back from Dark Horse. Oh, so. uh, okay. I was going to ask why. <laughs> yeah, because Kudanza, uh, Kondanza, I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's, uh, they were the original publishers of the manga in Japan. Got Yeah, okay. Right. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm just very sad when it comes to things like that. <laughs> uh, I need to get more manga and more anime in my life. Yeah. <laughs> like well, Ghost in the Shell is another one that I, I want to rewatch. Yeah. That's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. Ghost in the Shell, the manga is really good as well. So, yeah. The one thing that does annoy me, and this is where you get into the, the woods with me, is that Steph probably knows what's coming up with this one, is that in the original Japanese manga, there was like four pages where it's a bit, because, um, oh, how do I describe it? She's a massive lesbian. Yes. But uh, is it uh, <laughs> one of the other things that Masamune Shiro does is slightly... I'd say probably you should probably describe it as soft core. Uh, totally soft core porn. Yeah. So it, but it's it doesn't got, help. She's a massive lesbian. She has. It, it's, it's basically got this um, very like you know like she goes on holiday and has uh, an orgy with two of her friends. Don't think I'd be okay going on holiday with her if that's what she wants. Yeah. It's it's just like, let's go on holiday stuff and it'd be like fuck off, bitch. I ain't having sex with you. I mean you're nice and all and you kick ass, but you know. I don't think she's gonna be kicking ass on that holiday. Yeah. No. no, no, probably not. Uh, but I mean it's a bit weird sleeping with your friends. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's, no, I'm your friend. Don't don't have sex with your friends. But the the, re- the reason why it annoys me is the versions we get in the UK are all have that four pages removed. So it's like we're not getting the full version version we're getting a cut version it's like and it's not so much about the fact that i want want to have i don't want it's not so much about being pornography i want to have the unedited version i don't want to have people deciding oh we're going to change the story to match and you can't see her having sex with all these ladies oh but if it was a dude doing it yeah it's totally fine but it it was just it was just really weird that they cut those four pages because you know you didn't you originally have a copy of that 
I had a digital copy of it, yeah, yeah. I thought you had a book, in, book the book copy, and then you lent it to someone. Oh, yeah, no, I had... And you were very, very pissed about it. Yeah. He, and uh, now he's dead to him. Yeah, he, he, he took my copy of um, Ghost in the Shell that I'd had for well over 10 years, and then um, <laughs> never returned it, and then moved to a different part of the country. But oh, I, man. Yeah, well. But it's just that I was looking at getting the uncut version, but it's really expensive when you can get it, because it's really hard to get hold of. And the one time I did see it, it, was, it was, wasn't translated and it's about 100 quid so like mm. which is i'd love to get that that's outside my price range yeah that, that's a bit deep and it just goes to show as well it's like if you, you don't want that international um uh, censorship i guess yeah. is it worth stupidity is another one i guess yeah, yeah um then yeah you're gonna have to pay top dollar to to get that and it shouldn't be like that it should no. just be look this is this is the piece of art or this is the you know the piece um, that we're we're providing to to the public. There you go. Yeah. Simple as you know, like well, it's so annoying. Yeah. If you don't like yeah. it, don't get it. Don't don't watch it. You know. Yeah. It's it's one of the things that frustrates me about it is because it's normally done not by the original producers in Japan or the people or, or it's done by the people who've brought the rights to publish it in the you know the localized area and they're altering the story to match the tastes of the local area but you're thinking if you want to read something like Ghost in the Shell you don't want to read it because you want to have something that's been acclimatised to your taste you want to have something that's you know the original vision and that's why you want to see some of the other different cultures and their perspectives yeah I mean you get you get that with all all um uh, types of well, all, all mediums actually, don't you? Um, yeah. Using a, a, a very good example, but then again, that goes. I am going off on a tangent now, um, but that that goes way, way back. And I mean, we're talking about like um, like interracial stuff as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, you'd have like a really um, a, a really good song by you know that was born out of black culture, and then it was redone for the white people. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it could be publicised on radio. Video, you know, and it's, I know that's a micro version of what, what you're talking about, but it's been around for generations, hasn't it? It's maybe, so maybe annoying. sometimes white people want to listen to the black people version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like there was nothing wrong with it. Like it, it, was, it was bloody beautiful the way it was. Stop messing around with stuff. Yeah, it's a, a slightly different version of that, but probably less to a lesser extent. Was there? Um, is it uh, 99 Luftballons? 99 Luftballons. Yeah, um, which was translated into England, England, English in the, the UK, but everywhere else they had the German version. Yeah, yeah, it's really. And my my passion for, for Germany, I mean, like, if, if I had the opportunity to go and live there, I would. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, so yeah, you're touching on a, a, a piece that gets my heart, mate. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people would want to move to Germany right now. Oh. <laughs> There's so much space. Mm-hmm. Oh, they, 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 they've got it right, it's, especially if you're in um, some some areas of uh, Bavaria. Um, <laughs> like uh, first one that comes to my mind is uh, Schloss. Wow, that, that's all I'm going to say. You know, bring bring up some Google images. Um, yeah. You'll probably see the castle of uh, Neuschwanstein. Yes. Um, yeah, it, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I do. Right. I do have a very big, uh, you know that that castle is such a beautiful building. There's yeah. loads of those kind of those kind of castles in Germany. It's kind of um, like yeah. yeah. Wish I, we had I tried, I tried it. <laughs> no, we got the shit ones, which are awesome. Yeah, still shit, but awesome in their own. Yeah, shit way. But at least we got Stonehenge. Yeah, for we got now. Stonehenge, <laughs> so it's fine yeah. until it dissolves. Oh no, you can't say Stonehenge like that. It needs to be like Stonehenge. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and then I have a, a model of it that's six foot four brought onto the stage. <laughs> yes. 
yeah oh dear oh. anyway i think that is the end isn't it i think we've we got anything else you want to talk about nope no nope. okay you got anything you want to say mr olenic um no not this time i'll shut up for once <laughs> but um what i can say is i'm very glad uh, very grateful that you've uh, joined us it's been a, a really nice conversation um thank you for having me yeah and you if you ever want to come back on you're more than welcome don't just say that there. um aside from that i think that's it so it's goodbye from me it's death waving <laughs> tally ho tally ho and uh, hopefully everybody's doing all right and ho- uh, we'll see you the next time on the last time train so bye 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 <laughs>